Welcome to the Palette Talks podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Palette Talks podcast. This is your host, Jason, and today I'm just super thrilled because I'm going to have a conversation with one of the most amazing artists out there, especially in the low voice scene, uh, because I'm joined by Ari. Hey, man, welcome to the show. Hi. <laughs> I'm so flattered. <laughs> Thank you so much. I <laughs> Yes. How are you? So how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. We got back from San Diego. Uh, we um, were working with a couple of other artists down there. Um, I don't know if you've heard of Imaginary Ambition. He's not really in the lo-fi scene, but he uh, did make a video a little bit a, a while, like a, like two years ago, I think it was a how-to lo-fi video, and it, and it blew up a little bit. It was when the lo-fi scene was first starting to come up. Um, so he's also a producer, and we wanted to work with him. So we were down there the whole weekend, got back. Awesome. So you have such an, uh, an amazing, uh, productive weekend, yeah? Yeah, I think so. I think so. We got a lot done. <laughs> How are so, you? Uh, I'm doing really well, honestly. Um, things are just doing great. You know, I've been just spending a lot of time with my friends, you know, just having that work-life balance, um, balancing awesome. things out, especially on the holiday seasons as well. Doing yeah, it's well. really important to maintain. That's cool, man. Yeah, and we're going to talk about that later. Um, but I think to start it out, um, as usual, I think it would be great to, you know, just provide some context to people out there about you. Mm-hmm. So could you introduce yourself um, to the audience? Just who are you, where you're from, and what do you do? Yeah, sure. Um, so I go by Ari. Um, it is uh, the letter R and E and a colon. Um, and uh, I've actually never really spoken on why I, I picked that name. Um, but, uh, it's short for regarding, um, kind of like when you get like an email and, and it's like a forward email and it just says, Ari, 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 Ari over and over and over. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I came up with the name when, um, I was working, uh, I used to work in like tech. Uh, so I used to work for Google and, um, I was never really like referred to by name. (laughs) I was just referred to as as a, as an email consistently you know so i i think i came up with it when i got really frustrated that like no one really knew me <laughs> and i was just doing a bunch of stuff for for um for other people and i just got tired of that so i decided i would do something for myself and ironically I ended up uh picking a, a name that someone else picked for me i guess um but my name is will uh i am from san diego uh i i guess i make lo-fi music but i don't just make lo-fi hip-hop i make lo-fi everything <laughs> whether that be indie punk um i recently started to touch on a little bit on like auto-tune rap which is not really my taste but uh it's really fun to make um so i'm kind of all over the place when it comes to genres um but california is is, is my home um i'm in la now um about me <laughs> yeah that's that's a that's an awesome introduction so why don't we just start from the beginning? You know, like, uh, can you share your journey of how did it all start? How did Ari, you know, came by? Like, um, what was the story behind Ari? Sure. Um, so I started making music in March of this year, um, 2019. But, um, or at least that's when I, I put out my first song. Um, and that was actually Sleepy Dead Part 2. And the reason it's called Part 2 is because I had actually tried 
to start in December of last year. Uh, when I was still living in San Francisco, I wanted to make like, I don't know, I wanted to make something like what I was listening to at the time. And a lot of what I was listening to at the time was like, you know, X and like Lil Peep and, and stuff like that. But, um, and that, those are like my current inspirations at the time. And I ended up not really pursuing it because I was still in San Francisco and, and it was just not really a great environment. But um, I chose to get out of that environment uh, pretty early on in the year this year. Um, I moved to LA and um, once I got down here, I immediately got to work and I did go back to try to fix Sleepy Dead. But what ended up happening was it became a completely new song. Uh, and that's when I met Neb. Um, and uh, I mean, I, I got to mention Neb, by the way. Um, Neb is my day one. He is the first artist that I ever got in touch with. Um, that Yeah, no, he is, he is like the most supportive person I've ever met man like I, I think i reached out to him like when i first put out my like the first song that i made that i didn't really like in, in december i sent it to him directly because i never put it out and he was the one that was like yo this is really good we should make something and then from there on i just started making stuff with him and, and it was funny because i think you remember my handle used to be Lil QB. it was a it was a joke yeah but it stuck for a minute yeah, yeah. <laughs> i had to change that pretty soon <laughs> but um but yeah, I um I technically like I came up with the idea when I was just really like I guess not in a good headspace last year. I was in a really toxic environment and I was really kind of feeling alone. Um and I felt like music was something that I could connect with and what ended up happening was that music ended up connecting me with everybody else. And that's kind of why I stuck with it. Like the biggest reason for me was the emotional support, man. It's like joining a community of people who feel like you and want to make things like you. Um it's the best feeling. So I just ran with it. <laughs> Yeah, and you know what's actually interesting is that I think, if I'm not wrong, is that mm -hmm. I discovered you from Sleepy Dad Part 2 because I got in touch with Neb earlier. Mm -hmm. And then Neb um, um, hit me up and said that he got this song, Sleepy Dad Part 2, with, with, with this little QB, right? <laughs> and, and Snow. And so I was like, oh, and then like I just realized that that's how I found you you know true neb and he's such an amazing guy um got a new release coming up soon as well so he does yeah yeah um yeah so um throughout this journey as being an artist and you know you've been just trying different genres and i think that's something mm -hmm. that's actually fun to do um because you don't want the same stuff you know over and over but you want to just mm -hmm. try something different you know something fresh something new so like what have you been picking up lately like what have been like in your minds like the ones that you really want to do the most the genres that definitely you do? yeah i mean let me let me mention a little about like what i've made so far just so i kind of like count down the checklist um i um i don't know if you oh, actually you do know because you posted these songs thank you so much for that by the way um <laughs> yeah. you posted you posted mentiras amor which was the first song that i made in spanish i, I decided i'm gonna make something different than what i was hearing in the lo-fi scene and i hadn't heard anything yeah. in spanish and lo-fi yet so i wanted to make something like that and obviously i reached out to my man neb uh he hopped on it right away um yeah. and it's funny because our third song just came out it's called six zans and it's pretty different like it's almost completely different i i would even say that i veer a little more into like emo punk and he veers a little more into like trap which is which is different for both of us because he's very much a lo-fi rapper and I'm very much a um, indie sing uh, vocalist. So it was kind of like a weird like mesh, but it came out to be a really cool song and it's probably one of my favorite songs I've made so far. And 
I think it's going to be on the EP, actually, um, if I'm not mistaken. The one that's coming out in, this, in January. Um, Should I get it? As far as... Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Sorry. No, no, no. Oh, hey. okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as stuff that I want to make still, um, like I mentioned, I was hopping into, like, autotune rap. I really want to try that stuff out just for a little bit because um, it is a lot of fun to make, and um, I do know a lot of, like, producers and artists in that, like, I guess in that scene. Um, so I, I've been working on that stuff. Uh, and next I want to make another song in Spanish, but I want to make like a ballad, something slower, something a little more. Um, yeah, I don't know. I've been really, I've been really feeling like slowing down my music recently, like making it a little more like palatable for like chill situations. And I don't know, I want to make something that I, that I can listen to all the time for any situation. Yeah, and like I just realized, um, I actually know one, uh, an amazing rapper, and he's got this like. What makes him really authentic is of uh, because of autotune rap, and mm -hmm. his name is Afterthought. He's actually the first guest of the podcast, and he's got really amazing, um, music out there, and he raps like with autotune, and and that's something that he's really proud of because like it's what makes him like authentic and that's like part of his identity part of his music so you should mm -hmm. probably check him out and maybe hit him up as well yeah i'll definitely hit him up please send me that stuff after yeah yeah sure man um yeah so uh throughout this journey let's talk about ups and downs because i believe mm -hmm. that you know life is like a roller coaster you know sometimes you go up sometimes you go down and you know it's just like that's life but mm -hmm. Throughout this journey, what have been your biggest challenges, your biggest obstacles that you faced, you know, as an artist or maybe as a person? Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, so I, I pride myself in, in being a very level-headed person. Um, I am a, I'm a little bit older. I started, I started, frankly, very late at this. Um, I'm actually 25. Um, yeah, so this is this is something that I started very late, very much after I had already completed my first career. I mentioned that I'd worked at Google before and a couple of other tech companies as uh, a photographer and in visual design. Um, but starting this from scratch, something that I really, I felt like, like helped me be prepared for the ups and downs was the fact that I've kind of already done this before. You know, I, I um, when I was when I was sixteen, I started as a photographer, um, shooting small gigs and. Um, and it and it went from little things to bigger things to shoots to to you know being you know published on a magazine to being shown to tech companies to to you know just building out an entire career and that took years that took me almost a decade to to accumulate and to really get working so um, I feel like one of the biggest things that you have to understand as an artist is you have to be patient with not just yourself but with people around you and you have to be passionate about creating for yourself because if you don't it's so easy to drop off. It's, it's so easy when you're making things that aren't for you and they're for other people for you to just get tired and not want to do it anymore. Um, so I feel like that helped me a lot, but that didn't help me completely. There are things in music that are, that are very different to um, other industries. And one of those is how you go about networking. Um, just because there are so many people in music and so many different kinds of personalities and so many different kinds of cultures and, and so many different ways of, of getting in touch with people um, that it is, it is hard to navigate sometimes, like who, who to reach out to for what, you know? And at the end of the day, none of us can really do any of this stuff alone, you know? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of very, very independent artists that will self-produce and 
you know, write all their own lyrics and and do all their own mixing and stuff. But those are very few and far between. Most of us are are either just vocalists or just producers. Um, we need a team. Like we need to work with people. We need we need to be a part of of a community if we want to succeed at this. And that was the biggest challenge for me because I thought I could do it on my own. And then I realized like, why would I want to when I have help? You know, people that that want to and are willing to help. You know, so um, that's kind of been like the biggest uh, new thing for me is is figuring out how to meet people in this in this industry and and forging really good relationships. Yeah, and uh, networking is definitely an important thing for every aspect of lives, um, every aspect mm-hmm. of uh, industries. Um, and but but music is definitely one of a kind. You know, it's 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 a creative outlet, right? So it's mm-hmm. it's something it feels more abstract-ish and it's really hard to like figure who are the right people and who actually, you know, the people that can support you, who are the people that you can support. Just finding the right mix of people, I think it will be a, an incredible challenge, especially you as a musical creative. Uh, mm-hmm. So I think that's a really interesting take about uh, one of your biggest obstacles. But before, I would love to talk about networking, but before we go into that, you know, I would actually would love to know about um how did you end up in google if you don't mind like it's yeah you know, sure. that, that's that's something unique you know yeah. you know funny enough funny enough um the story of how i started working at google is honestly the story of why i started making music um so i'm gonna i'll try to structure it for you in a way that isn't um too uh too long <laughs> um but uh so I mentioned that I was freelancing and I was doing a lot of stuff on my own, um, you know, as a photographer and, and even some gigs as a videographer. But that was that ended kind of in 2016. Um, I think I was 22 at the time. Uh, I met this girl that I was uh, crazy about. <laughs> and she uh, it's always about a girl, isn't it? Uh, and she was going to school in Santa Cruz and I was living in San Diego at the time. And that's like an eight hour drive. Um, so it was a very hard relationship to maintain. And within the first month, uh, I ended up moving to San Francisco so I could be closer. And I got that job at Google. But the way that I got that job at Google was so funny because I never applied for it. Um, what I actually did was I got very um, inebriated one night <laughs> and I applied to a lot of jobs that I wasn't uh, like I wasn't going to get, you know, things like uh, like engineer or like app development or like. Um, marketing analysts, just stuff that I could never have done because I went to school for, for journalism, photography, you know, just it was never going to happen. Um, but somebody saw one of my applications for a job that I definitely wasn't going to get. Uh, and they saw my portfolio attached and they looked at it and they liked it. And they liked my photos. They liked my work. They liked what I was doing. And they liked that I was different. And at the time, Google was going through a really big change with their whole new like hardware division. They were putting out like phones and stuff. So they really needed someone to help make that stuff look good, you know, create an image for, for Google that would be consistent, that would be pretty, that would um, be attractive for people to want to buy their stuff rather than just use their services. So I didn't, I, like I said, I didn't even apply for that job. The job was never posted, but somebody saw it and they thought that I would be perfect for that. They reached out. To, I thought it was a prank when I first got the call. Mm. <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh, an interview this Friday? Okay, sure. Sure, buddy. Sure. Mm. Um, and then it was real. I, I, I had a FaceTime, well, not a FaceTime call, I'm sorry, a Hangouts call uh, that Friday morning, and it was with someone from actual Google, and I was like, oh, this is actually happening. <laughs> so I 
in that same day, in that same day, I got the job on the spot. I quit my my job at the time. I was selling cell phones at like a mall. Um, I I just quit on everything. I got a brand new car, and I was just like, I'm moving to SF, and I moved to SF. And the the reason that I feel like I don't regret doing everything that I did by moving was because I got a lot out of it. A lot of experience meeting and networking with people in, in the tech scene and. And even um, a lot of artists that I would later, you know, come to want to work with in music as well. Um, I, I really, I love what I did and I love that I went up there. Um, but the reason I did it was for a person. And I think that that, um, just like in music, man, when you're doing things for other people, it never ends up working well for you. Even if it's good, it doesn't matter if it's good. It doesn't matter if people like what you're doing. If you're doing it for someone else, you get burned out. And that's exactly what happens. I, I moved to a city where I didn't know anybody. Um, I didn't have any friends. I didn't have any family or anyone there. I just had her. Um, she was there for school, so she had her own life type stuff, right? So by the time that I, um, I felt like I'd lost everything, you know, my dad passed away when, I, when he was, you know, back home and I was up there. I wasn't able to be there for that. Um, just a lot of stuff happened. Um, and it ended up, you know, becoming a breakup. And that's when I was truly alone, when she was the only person that I didn't have anymore up there. I genuinely had no one. Um, and that's when I started, like, I guess trying to get in touch with all of the friends that I'd lost, you know, created new relationships. And, and in those relationships is where I found uh, friends that were making music as well. Um, Imaginary Ambition and I, um, I don't know if you're familiar, he's a YouTuber. Um, he, uh, he's actually a really long time friend. We've known each other for a very, very, very long time. And he encouraged me to start making stuff, even if it was just for myself, even if it was just like therapeutic. Um, and I did, I did that in December. That's when I started doing that. Um, and it was in March when I was just like, all right, I'm ready to take the plunge. Like I'm, I'm ready to, to quit this job. I'm ready to stop being in San Francisco. I'm ready to stop being sad. I'm ready to stop being alone. Uh, and that's kind of when I started living really. I mean, I moved here and, and almost immediately, um, I started meeting everybody that, that I wanted to meet, you know, and it just kind of happened. Like I didn't really line anything up. I haven't like gone around planning things. It's just like people have just come into my life that are now a part of it that I could never imagine. Um, you know, like lonely music is, that's the way that I, that I got associated with them. They, they all kind of came to me. Um, you know, not even really on purpose, but it just kind of happened. And, and now so many of, of the people in Lonely Music are genuinely part of my family. One thing that I love about what you said is that, like, you know, this whole experience, like, you don't regret any of it. You know, maybe it turns kind of sour at the end, but, like, mm -hmm. like the whole journey itself, like, it's something that that experience itself is, like, a treasure for you. It's, like, you learn mm -hmm. a lot of things from your experience and how, like, from those experiences, like you can actually learn a lot of new things. You, you find a better people, then you, you get um, more stable by yourselves, like understanding like self-awareness, you know, and stuff mm -hmm. like that. So I think that's, that's such an interesting story about, you know, how, you know, because of the girl, <laughs> um, but um, things, bad things happened, stuff. Sorry for the biggest. I think the biggest well. lesson that I took away from this is that so many of us struggle to consistently find love throughout our life and i feel like we crave that love and we search for that love around us because we know what it feels like to be loved we know you know most of us at least hopefully you know we know what it what it feels like to have at least one person that has um been kind to us and has wanted good for us you know and and when we know what that feeling is like we crave it consistently and i think the problem is that 
we search for it around us all the time. Um, but it's, it's very difficult and also very rare for us to realize that we have to find that in ourselves. Um, at the end of the day, love is not free. No one's going to love you for free. And what I mean by that is, you know, if you're alone and you're sad, um, you need to do work too. You need to be the one to reach out. You need to be the one to talk to people that you want to talk to. And, and it's scary because it makes you vulnerable and it makes you, um, you know, kind of a target for what if they don't like me or what if they decide not to, you know, be my friend. But at the end of the day, like, that's going to happen either way. Like, if you're already alone, taking those risks, it's not a loss, you know, and, and um, learning to love yourself while you're in that period of loneliness is the biggest thing that I can recommend to anyone because learning to care about what you do for yourself and how you treat yourself is how other people are going to perceive you as well. And it took me two years to figure that out. Um, and it was really, obviously, it was really painful and it was hard. But like you said, I don't regret any of it. I, I learned to care about myself. And I'm not, you know, going to preach and say that everything is great now, right? But I understand now that nothing lasts forever, not the good things or the bad things. And that's a really important thing to, to remember when you're going through the bad times. Because when you're going through the bad times, you have to know they're going to end at some point, you know? And, and I think, like, your take about, like, craving for love, I think that's, like, a problem that I think our generation or maybe the generation below us are facing. Mm -hmm. Like, in order to cover up and hide their loneliness and insecurities, like, they crave for love, thinking that mm -hmm. with that love from other people, like, it can fulfill their emptiness in their hearts. Mm -hmm. And, like, you know, I, I love seeing this. There was this visuals I saw, like, um, loving is not, like, a 50%, it's not like a half uh, of a heart and uh, another half of a heart, you know, and then mm -hmm. you mix it and you combine it together, but it's like 100% full hearts and full hearts, you mm -hmm. know, joining together. So it's like you're not finding others to like fulfill you, but you're, for mm -hmm. example, in a relationship um, standpoint, like uh, you actually are there for that someone, you know, you support them fully, but that doesn't mean like you cannot live without them. Like, of course, yeah, dramatically, you know, like, oh, yeah, I cannot live without you and stuff like that. But like, don't, I think the biggest message here, the, the one thing that, and it's just my opinion, is like, like, we cannot hide up our insecurities by finding uh, other people's love. And like, uh, I really need something to cover myself, like to cover my yeah. insecurities. I think like, that's the biggest problem with um, us trying to find acceptance in other people, you know? And then you don't love yourself. And I think that's like a really big problem, right? I think, I think when, when you realize um, how to care for yourself, immediately you start realizing how to care for other people. Mm. And as soon as you do, that's when that love starts coming your way. You know, like, and, and it really does happen on its own. You can't force love out of anybody. Um, but what you can do is you can choose to love them first. And you can choose to, to give as much as you can first. And you have to choose to give it freely because it's so easy to, to give and expect things in return but that's not how love works man um and i think that the people that are around me know that about me i think that they realize that i i don't want anything other than to to be allowed to help to be allowed to to, to give you know like um for the houston show for example um when i went i i didn't really know everybody in lonely music i knew a couple of the people in lonely music i knew Takoya, i knew snow i knew um Cyber prolific but, you know, I didn't know, like, Leyland or, like, Cozy Boy or, like, some of the other ones because um, they were they were part of, like, a different kind of scene, and that was okay. Um, and 
going and, and you know, I, I knew that I had a skill that I wanted to use for them. I wanted to take pictures of their show. I wanted to take pictures of everybody and to, you know, get some really nice, uh, uh, I don't know, some really nice moments for them, right? And and um, I'd been doing that professionally for the longest time. I mean, that was my day job. But for them, like, I wanted to just do it out of passion, you know? And I showed up and I took pictures and stuff and I delivered it to them and I sent them to all of them. And it was amazing, like, how a lot of them expected that this is something that I wanted to be rewarded for. And no, it's not. I just did it for you guys. I did it because I love you guys. You guys, mm. like, they they took me into their home when I was in, in, in Houston. Like, they, they let me stay with them at their Airbnb, and, and I got to hang out with them. And, like, a lot of them are very good friends of mine now. And it all started with me choosing to do something for them without expecting anything in return. And, and that's just an example of everything in life, you know? It's just, if you give someone is is going to be willing to accept it and not take it there's a difference between taking and accepting you know and and there are people that will take and take and take and and nothing will ever fill up and they will take advantage of your love but there are people who will accept it and appreciate it and 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 appreciate you as a person for it and those are the kind of people that you need to find and i think that that's what i've found in in lonely music and and even in other groups i mean there's there's so many artists around, <laughs> not just that group that are that are incredible and, and have been a huge part of my journey. And yeah, that's like that's wisdom right there. I think like that's just well said. Like that's just super beautiful, man. But let's talk about lonely music. This is uh, something that I really want to talk about with you. Sure. Um, it's uh, definitely one of my favorite collective out there. Um, it consists of best like. Like these are like the best people, the people that I listen to. Um, so amazing, yeah. And you know, you got uh, Sabot Prolific, uh, Powerful Take Boy, um, Leyland Essence. Everyone is there, right? And mm-hmm. and you are part of the family. Um, mm-hmm. so, I'm a, so I'm an honorary member. I'm I think I'm I think I'm actually the only person that the Lonely Music Collective uh, like account follows that isn't a musician that's part of the the collective um <laughs> i joined it originally as a photographer so <laughs> yeah yeah but like a photographer is also part of the family right yeah 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 definitely, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Yeah. I'm, I'm definitely feel like i'm part of something yeah no i didn't mean to yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah um so um you know like can you give a little bit of insights of how did it all came together like how did sure. only music happen it's crazy because um, I wasn't there in the early, early days. The funny thing is that Lonely Music has been around for a minute, um, and it just wasn't a collective that people were mentioning for a while. Um, I don't think mm-hmm. people really started mentioning it till um, Sabbath Prolific, Tech Boy, Snow, and Nukes all met in LA. Um, that was the day that I met Sabbath Prolific and Tech Boy, actually. Um, but uh, yeah, they made they made a couple of studio songs, and um, and they were like, "All right, it's time. Let's make let's make this thing big. You know, let's make Lonely Music the thing." And that's kind of when it started becoming a thing. And that's when the show started getting prepared and stuff. You know, what's crazy, though, is that I, so I knew about Vic Molina uh, about a year ago, or two years ago, almost, actually, back when her cover of um, Justin Flores came out, right? Yeah. And everybody knows her for that, right? <laughs> um, but, like, I, I never imagined that, like, she would end up being in a collective that I would that I would have so much love for, you know, like it was completely random to me. Like it was a completely separate thing. Right. Um, and with snow, for example, like I had heard so many things with snow before on it, before I even knew about lonely music, I actually uh, took that beat with, with the snow samples on the ones that, the one that ended up becoming uh sleep eated part two. Right. Um, so I, I knew about these people, but, um, I didn't know that they were all connected, 
you know so as i started noticing like oh wow like they all know each other they're all working together and and it started becoming bigger and bigger the collective really started showing its face as a, as a family you know and um and there's a lot of artists that i still haven't met in the collective there's a lot of them that are spread out like around the world you know there's people in italy we have people in i think argentina like just literally all over the world and like it, it, it's very very difficult that, that everyone will ever be in the same place at one point but that is the goal i think um and there's so much growth left to do i mean at this point this is really just the beginning this is just like the first year of lonely music as uh, a mainstream collective we're not a mainstream but like as a as a, something that wants to be shown to everyone you know um, yeah, and, wow yeah and it's, it's super amazing you know seeing this like how did it all like especially what happened in Houston, right? The showcase. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I'm from Indonesia, so it's really far from Houston. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I wish I was there. But um, I saw a lot of your photos, right, and uh, the videos as well. And I was like, I wish I was there. But like, you know, mm -hmm. just uh, maybe next time, maybe one day soon. Mm -hmm. um, but but so the collective itself is way before the showcase happened. Yes. Yes, it wasn't formed like for the showcase or anything like that. It was it was actually in the progress of being made. And at this point, I don't want to speak too much on it just because I don't know all of the details. Um, right. I do know that that the people that know the most about it are obviously the people that started it. And and I think that um, that starts with Tekoi, uh, but it moves on to like Essence and and um, and I think Thomas Reed were some of the first people that were that were like, hey, we should do this, you know. Um, so it it does go it does go a while back. Um, long before I ever joined any of this stuff. So I don't know all of the details of its formation, but I do know that for the show for Houston, um, it was really just everyone combining their heads, man. Like everyone just, just like the whole show happened because everyone knew exactly what to do and say at the right time. And it's just like that kind of cohesiveness and that kind of like bonding is so like unheard of, uh, especially, especially among such a new generation. Like, it's very it's very jarring to me like uh being from an older generation and seeing like how energized and how active like like this new generation is about doing things and making things and getting things done and it's not even just like as a as a work thing like these people are passionate about what they do they have so much love for the stuff that they make um you know being in houston it wasn't just about the show like uh people were recording like the whole time people were making things uh, a lot of songs actually that you've heard come out after the show were actually recorded at the show. Uh, <laughs> wow. um, I remember, yeah, one of one of my favorite ones that I that I was there for the recordings of was uh, All Again by uh, Nukes and Powerful mm -hmm. and Snow. Um, it was so funny because uh, it, it wasn't even like a like a recording setup. We literally just set up mics and just sang into them. And the way that like they were able to create these amazing songs out of snippets, out of out of moments, uh, that's insane. Like, <laughs> that's something that I'd never seen or heard of before. Like, that kind of, like, dedication is so cool, you know? Yeah, I didn't know that. So, so it was actually from the recording of the, of the showcase. Yeah, yeah. At the beginning of the song, you hear Nukes and Snow talking. It's a, it's a conversation we were having at the Airbnb. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's interesting. That's, that's such a great insight. <laughs> Yeah, it's very, um, it's very cool. <laughs> yeah. So, what were your favorite moments from the show? Um, I mean, watching some of the people that I'd been fan of for so long perform was so cool. Like that alone was was 
uh, honestly, dream fulfilling, right? I had been listening to Tadwood Prolific and Powerful a lot, especially in the days coming up to the show. Um, Evan, well, Tadwood Prolific, I had started listening to uh, back in March, actually, right after I dropped Sleepy Dead. Um, my first contact with him was actually random. I, I, I posted a snippet of something I was working on on my Instagram story, and he uh, and I tagged him. I was like, you know, somebody tell him to hop on his. And he didn't even follow me or anything yet. And I and I sent that, and he saw it, and immediately like he clicked with me, and he was like, "Yo, send me that." And he shared it on his story, followed me back, and and from there on, we'd just been like talking and connecting and stuff, and and like to finally show up in Houston and like to to you know be in the space with all these people and like see them perform the songs that had helped me through so much and have formed a lot of my own style and like all of that. I mean, it was just. It was so cool. Um, I, I best believe I was like <laughs> singing along to every yeah. cyber prolific song up there. And, uh, <laughs> and it was even cooler, like being the photographer, like getting to be on stage and like actually getting to be part of the, the moment and like um, all of those things. I mean, it was really cool. Uh, looking back, I'd say that one of my favorite moments and it's, it's not a very happy moment now, but at the time it was a very, very, very happy moment was when um, I think it was Palfoot that decided to put on uh, uh, lucid dreams by uh by juice world oh, uh, yeah. just kind of as a breaker you know just between like performances so you know people could take a breather but it was funny because instead of taking a breather everyone got hyped right everyone got on stage at the same time uh like all of all of lonely music was on stage at the same time and we just all just screamed the lyrics out to that song and it was such a cool moment to have this one thing where we were all you know sharing it we were all performing oh. it we were all hanging out and it was um, that was probably my favorite moment looking back. Um, you know, it's, it's a, a bit bittersweet now, but um, but if anything, it makes it that much more meaningful, you know? Wow, yeah, that's beautiful. Um, so uh, let's go back to you now. Uh, let's go back to Ari. So right. um, um, you were talking about... Uh, you were talking about toxic environments. Mm -hmm. Um, I think toxic environments and toxic relationships, toxic friendships are diseases. Like it's something that, and I think one of the most um, intriguing things about it is that people don't realize that they are actually in a toxic environment. Mm -hmm. And and they thought that it's like you know, they got the best people with them, and actually they're people who are discouraging, people who are not supporting. And mm -hmm. who don't bring optimism but pessimism, like with uh, their lives. And uh, what are your thoughts about toxic environments? And how do you deal with toxic people? Um. Oh man. Okay. So this is something I struggled with a lot myself because, I mean, I feel, and I'm sure that we all have a little bit of this to ourselves. I'm sure some people are way more, uh, maybe not uncaring. Not, not the Uncaring isn't the word, but a little less like invested in trying to to please everyone, right? Um, but we all have a little bit of that. We all have a little bit of trying to please the people around us because we're human. Like if you if you're denying that you want people to like you, you're lying <laughs> because you want that. We all want that, you know. Um, some people are just better at dealing with not being liked. Uh, but for me, I think that um, dealing with toxic environments, the, the most dangerous thing about it is. When you're a person that really wants to be like, when you're a person that just really wants or craves love, it's so easy to get yourself trapped into uh, relationships, friendships, uh, living situations, whatever, where it feels like home, 
it feels like what it is and and at the end of the day we all know that nothing is perfect so we trick ourselves into thinking well nothing is perfect it's not like it's going to be better if i quit on this and i think that that is the worst mindset to trap yourself into i think that the best way to go about things is if you're not happy about something don't like if you've already put in an effort to fix it there's no point in staying you have to do something else and it's hard because um choosing to leave home choosing to to leave the people that you're used to despite how terrible they might be for you um it's hard because at the end of the day i don't think that anybody's a bad person even the people that are toxic to us you know you look back they're probably not meaning or 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 like trying to be awful people they just they're hurt just like we are and they're going through something just like we are the difference is that they're choosing not to be helped they're choosing not to be better they're choosing to put out their frustrations and their angers the ones that we all share into hate and into being mean and into putting other people down and um when you see those traits you have to steer clear of them because those kinds of people don't want to be helped they don't want to to be better they don't want to be a part of of something they don't want to they just don't want <laughs> in general you know they, they'd rather stay the way that they are and um it sucks it sucks seeing that and it sucks wanting to help but it's also important to realize that you can't help everyone and that you have to help yourself yeah that's such an in- interesting perspective you know when you said that like why people toxicisms it's just about perspectives right and maybe mm-hmm. they're facing true difficulties and problems that we will never understand but you know at some point we need we know that we need to let them go um because it's necessary for us like you cannot help mm-hmm. others if you can help yourself first so i think that's a unique take of how you mm-hmm. uh brought that up um well about- just like love Lo- no one's gonna love you if you don't love yourself first mm-hmm. you know and, and i know everyone always says that you know but it's it's true you know and and like when you don't know what you love about yourself other people don't see it either you know and that's why that's why it's so important to focus on loving yourself because loving yourself doesn't just mean like okay i've decided that i like myself as a person no that doesn't mean that no one's just going to love themselves as a person immediately we all have faults and we all have uh issues and we all have things that we wish we could do better but loving yourself is choosing to be that guardian for yourself and choosing to be that person that forces you to do the right thing i know that a lot of us grew up in like maybe unconventional situations as far as family go you know like a lot of us either grew up without parents or um with parents who weren't ours or with not just very attentive parents whatever the case may be like we've all struggled with like not having a guardian tell us what to do but at the end of the day when we become adults when we become you know independent that's what you have to be you have to be your own parent you know and being your own parent and i mean like a good parent not the kind of parent that lets you do whatever you want but the kind of parent that that says hey you need to do this and it's going to hurt and it's going to be rough but it's part of growth you know and the hardest part of that is as an adult because you don't have someone to tell you those things you have to be the one to force yourself to do them you have to be the one that that forces yourself to you know realize hey i have a problem maybe i should go to therapy or hey this relationship that i'm in is bad maybe i should choose to break up You know like those kinds of things are the kinds of things that our parents should have been doing for us as we were growing and if they did that's amazing you had great parents if they didn't like it's harder to learn that you know and it's harder to raise yourself um but i think that a lot of people especially artists know how to do that well or at least are trying 
Um, I, I'm sure that you recognize a lot of the artists that you follow, especially in Lonely Music, are very young. Um, but they're they're very, very mature for their ages. I mean, they 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 had to take care of themselves, you know, and, and I feel like that is the thing that connects me with them the most is that I also had to take care of myself my entire life. And I also had to kind of bring myself up and, and create something for myself. And, you know, I, I see that in them. And, and that's one of the reasons I, I just, I, I try to support and love them as much as I can, because I know that at the end of the day, we all need that. We all need at least one unconditional person to love us. And it's very hard when, when especially when you have fans, going from you know one day where you don't feel appreciated and you don't feel like people yeah. love you and you don't feel like they care and then the next day everyone tells you that you're amazing and everyone tells you that you're the best it's such a confusing feeling even to me as an adult it's such a confusing feeling as a teenager i can't imagine how it must have felt you know so i think it's very important that, that the, for me that the i don't know i choose to be as responsible as i can about trying to to do good for other people because i feel like that's what i wish someone had done for me yeah, beautiful. It's just, I don't know what to say, man. Um, <laughs> guard yourself, right? Loving yourself yeah. is being the guardian of yourself. And being, loving being is, your own parent. <laughs> yeah, being your own parent means that, you know, you don't just do the things that is like for the short term, right? Mm -hmm. But you understand like what you need to do in order for you to grow, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes you got to discipline yourself. If this is not the right thing for you maybe it's time to let go and it's going to be hard it's going to be difficult but it's necessary right exactly awesome. so yeah i think um that was that was just such a really awesome that was oh, such a beautiful message i don't know what to say um, <laughs> Thank you. um and i think there are a lot of good advices there so i think like for everyone out there listening i hope you guys and girls like all wrote down um <laughs> down some notes because those are really wisdom man um I hope, I hope someone takes something away from it i really do like you know at the end of the day like that's why i feel like a lot a lot of why we make stuff that we make is is exactly for that we want people to take something away from from the lives that we live because we all live such different lives and maybe apply it to their own you know maybe learn from my mistakes and learn from, from my pains and, and whatever and, and how I got through them and maybe they can help, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, before we end the podcast, maybe do you have any advices for people out there, maybe young people, the younger generation? <laughs> um, yeah. Well, I'm going to, I'm not going to uh, pretend to, uh, to have um, everything sorted out and I'm definitely not going to pretend to be some kind of like, huge artist that, that I want people to look up to because it's not really what I'm what I'm focusing focusing on. But what I do want people to take away from this all is that you can do it. Whatever it is that you want to do, you can do it. Um I I don't think of anything in the world that you want to do that you can't. And if someone tells you that you can't, that's they're wrong. <laughs> um it's hard. Nothing is easy. You know, nothing is easy. Nothing is, is just gonna be served or handed down to you. And I'm sure that there's a lot of people that you feel like that happens to a lot of people just feel like, well, other people are just born with money and, and loving parents and all of those things. And that's true. They have those things, but that doesn't make them happy. Um, at the end of the day, you find happiness in yourself. You can find happiness in any situation. And if creating something is, is something that can help you do it. I, I cannot stress enough how much if you want to start making music, 
the best thing or the, the first thing that you need to do is to just decide to do it. Once you've decided to do it, nothing can stop you. And, and that's, that's the best advice that I can give is, is if you want to do something and, and it's going to be good for you and, and it won't hurt other people, just do it. You know, there's, there's, nothing, there's nothing else to life other than trying to find happiness. That's, that's really, in my opinion, the, the purpose to life is to bring as much happiness as you can to yourself and to the people around you. And that means everyone around you, not just the people you like, but even the people you don't like. At the end of the day, everyone deserves happiness. Well said. Well said. You can do it. You can do it. You can do it. I think you like that's that's one that's something that actually I wanna like keep saying to myself, like you can do it, you got this, you know, you can you can mm-hmm. trump this, you can do it. It's just awesome. So you got um any shout outs or messages for anyone out there before we end the podcast? Totally. I'm gonna shout you out, man. I wanna Aww. thank you for everything that you do. Seriously, like I've I've spoken to you about this before, but I just I want everyone to know that like, dude, you are you're probably one of the most, if not the most supportive uh, person with the platform right now in the lo-fi scene. And everything that you do for us is so appreciated. And, and we, we, you know, we talk about you all the time. And whenever we see a video, something we know go up, like it, it makes us so excited. And honestly, like you just mean so much to us and to the whole lo-fi community. And um, sure, I want to say hello to everyone from Lonely Music. I hope you guys uh, like what I said about you guys. I love you all so much. You guys are the best. Shout out to Neb for being my day one and for even making this happen, I don't think I'd be here without him. Um, and shout out to all the people that are also not feeling their best today. You know, it will get better. And, and all you have to do is believe that you're going to get better. And you just have to do something good for yourself, for someone else, anything. It will make you feel better and you will get through it. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time, man. Really appreciate it. Thank you so much, man. Take care. It was such a pleasure talking to you. Yeah, and uh, thank you for the shout out as well. Um, I definitely <laughs> will will continue to do my best, and um, we're gonna do big projects in the future. Amen for that. Thank you. That's awesome. I'm excited for that. Yeah, yeah. And I was also like to thank everyone um, for listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for sticking up, sticking up until the end. Um, I hope you guys get value, get something. You learned something new today. Um, I learned a lot of new things learned a lot of wisdom from this conversation so i hope you do as well and don't forget to love yourself don't forget to spread positivity everywhere you go i hope you guys have a good day see y'all bye-bye <laughs> bye you say that you love me do you really mean that i'm not sure but i think you do i say that i love you do i really mean that i'm not sure but i think i do all we do is fight, fight, fight till the nighttime time, and we're sick and tired of it. All you do is whine, 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 while I sigh, 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 and we're sick and tired of it. Every time and night I call, I hear back in the morning. Even when I'm begging and I'm swearing it's important, my breathing is erratic and my skin's looking pale. Girl, call me up a doctor, cause your boy ain't feeling well. Oh, baby girl, I miss you. Really wanna kiss you. Always get excited when I hear your name. Give me another redo, baby, let me peek your interest. You really make me go insane. I'll say some dumb shit, girl. Please don't repeat it. I'll tweet some mean things, so please never read them. I'll post a lit story and then I'll delete it. We fake a persona, so never believe you say us. That you love me, do you really mean that? I'm not sure, but I think you do. 
I say that I love you, do I really mean that? I'm not shy, but I think I do All we do is fight, fight, fight Till the night time time And we're sick and tired of it All you do is whine, whine, whine While I sigh, sigh, sigh And we're sick and tired of it I can find my own way, so I'm lost for much further Stuck in the mud, but you chasing inertia Blood on my hands, you mistake it for love You are the reason the world spins untouched Flowers and petals, they wither a touch Discussing betrayal like it wasn't much Sadness corrupted, the grave was all dark But we will meet one day when the sun come up You say that you love me, do you really mean that? I'm not shy, but I think you do I say that I love you, do I really mean that? I'm not shy, but I think I do All we do is fight, fight, fight Till the night time time And we're sick and tired of it All you do is whine, whine, whine While I sigh, sigh, sigh And I'm fucking tired of it Whoa.